0: You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by FitStairs, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by Thoroughbred Racing Commentary's Global Rankings.
1: thank you for listening this is episode 79 of the saturday edition of the nick luck daily podcast my name's charlotte greenway and it's friday the 19th of may We've had some great racing from York this week where Velotto took today's feature the Yorkshire Cup for Marco Botti and Andrea Edseni. It sounds like he could have the Melbourne Cup as his ultimate aim and if he learns to settle a little bit better he could play a major role in the staying races in Britain before then. There were some more Derby and Oaks trials at York this week, which have thrown up some interesting contenders. We'll start with Wednesday's Musidora stakes for the Phillies, and that mandatory was at it again. He steered Soul Sister to victory in the colours of Lady Bamford, and here's what Lydia Hislop made of the performance. Well, I think the uh, Fragitatoria's year-long farewell tour is going quite well, isn't it? He's unearthed a a proper uh, horse for the Betfred oaks um it was a a slowly one run race until they turned into the straight for the Musidora over the extended 10 furlongs at that point the front runners really wound it up and got racing a long way out and she was able to Uh, make her challenge into that pace and she really asserted inside the final furlong as they were wilting so uh, it was a four-length victory in the end given given the pace that they that they went in the straight and the change of gear and how far out they got racing I think she would probably turned out to be in the right position I think she might be slightly flattered by the margin of that victory but I think she's very good in short I think she should probably be favourite for the Oaks The Colts had their time to shine in Thursday's Dante and the Foxes improved for the step up to 10.5 furlongs as expected and won by a neck beating White Birch with Continuous and Passenger dead heating for third. It wasn't a totally straightforward race and Jay Mangan dissected the runs of three of the first four home that she thought could go on
2: to Epsom with a chance. We start with the winner. The Foxes did no wrong. He was perfectly weaved through under and Murphy. He was behind passenger before passenger ran into all of his congestion and traffic problems. But the Foxes, having hit the front, leaned a little bit to his right, came over towards White Birch, and he still, to me, won comfortably. This horse has not gain, gain, garnered the respect I think that he deserves. He came in here pretty much un, not underappreciated, but he was six to one. He was second in the Craven. He had obviously wanted to step up and trip. And I think this is a legitimate contender for Epsom. I think Andrew Balding has been placed second in the race twice with absolutely huge priced horses. This horse won't be a huge price. And I think he goes there with a big chance, a big couple of days for his Sire Churchill, having won the Mm. Guineas at uh, Longchamp and uh, now a legitimate, two legitimate Derby contenders following on from Sprewell for Jessica Harrington. I will say two things. Passenger was the obvious unlucky one. he, just look for gaps that never came. He dead heated for third. We know he's better than that position. And only on his second start, of course, he's got more to come. But White Birch of John Murphy's. This could be the story of the season if the, this guy could win at Epsom because he fell out of the gates. He forfeited any kind of a competitive position. It was an 11-runner field after King of Steel was withdrawn in the stalls. And um, I thought he came home basically down the, down the wing on his own. It was a hard thing for him to do. I was impressed with him at Lepperton. I was more impressed with him yesterday. I think he's definitely worth his chance to go. He's by Ulysses. He should stay. And uh, it sounds like the team are going to go there. So they're the three that I picked out of the race, but I wouldn't take away from the winner.
1: William Haggis didn't manage to pick up a winner on the Knavesmire this week, but might not mind so much should My Prospero go on to win tomorrow's Group 1 locking stakes at Newbury. His task looks to have been made a bit easier by John Gosling's decision not to run in Spiral and to instead go straight to Royal Ascot with her. Although the filly he does run, Laurel, is totally unexposed still. And of course, Charlie Appleby's Modern Games has multiple Group 1 wins to his name in America. The Somerville Lodge team are looking for a horse to fill the big boots left by last year's star Milo Baid and Nick caught up with William to find out if my Prospero might be capable of doing that. Well he's a
3: pretty good horse, great big horse Nick and a big scopy horse, you know you'd think he would improve physically from three to four, he looks good to us. He's moving great. Yeah, I can't uh, find fault with him, really, at the moment. I mean, I'm only running in the lock I wanted to run at Ascot in the Paradise Stakes, but we had a bit of a blip at that time, so we didn't run him. But I wanted to run there to see whether he's not really bred to stay very well by Iflaj. I know the mare's by See the Stars, but my Titania was quite quick. Um... And uh, there's, it's quite a speedy family. It's the family of Musmeer, who we had a few years ago. Um, and <clears throat> I just wanted to see whether we were Queen Anne or Prince of Wales. And running in the paradise, so I thought would tell me everything. Now, that didn't happen. So we're now in a lockage, which I, I'm frightened they'll be a bit quick for him. Um, but it might confirm everything. The other option is a disperhunt, but that's on May 28th. And that's pretty tight, going all the way to France uh, for a race three weeks before the Prince of Wales. So I, I think it'll probably be the Lockinge, yeah.
0: So if it goes well in the Lockinge and he wins or runs very well, do you think that that's it then? Do you think he is a? You've got all those races over the straight mile, which you know, is a sort of stamina milers, really uh, in Europe. Do you think that'll be him then for the season, Queen Anne's and Jack was yeah, and that?
3: You'll definitely try the the. Uh, well, we have another horse that. Not that that makes any difference because they're different owners, but we have another horse who who hopefully will do the mile races. Um, I think he's a mile and a quarter. His best form last year was at a mile and a quarter. But um, I just want to be sure, he doesn't do a lot at home, so he's quite deceptive at home. Um, I just want to be sure that we're not missing a trick in the Queen Anne. I don't know which will be the stronger race. I suspect the mile and a quarter race, but we'll see.
1: Nick's been recording from Baltimore for the last couple of days ahead of the second leg of the triple crown, the Preakness Stakes, for which the Kentucky Derby winner, Mage, will be the only horse to contest both races. It's only a small field with seven runners, and on paper, you have to say it looks a fairly straightforward task for Mage, who's still the most unexposed runner in the field. Chase Chamberlain, a principal for co-owner of Mage Commonwealth, a micro share syndicate, spoke with Nick earlier this week. And Nick started by asking him how his life has changed since the Derby.
4: Well, I'm a lot more busy. I can tell you that. Um, you know, we've had over 8,000 new downloads um, to the Commonwealth app. Tons and tons of people reaching out asking how they can get involved which is of course exciting that's why we did this right so that we could open up the world of racing to more people especially a younger um, demographic that maybe otherwise wasn't interested in racing so that's been amazing and then you know what can you say about a Kentucky Derby win Nick Um, you know it was country grammar is always going to be my heart horse I love that horse Um, there's no comparison in the, the the fanfare the Reaction, I think maybe the maybe the, the cultural kind of inflection point that, that Kentucky Derby provides, and it has been it, it's taken what I thought was a wild ride before and just you know turned it on its head.
0: Um, we, we had a, a, a neat little uh, episode before the Derby when I I called you and I said. How many of your microshare owners would be prepared to come and, and be on an NBC for just a few seconds before, before the race? Now, I, I don't think I've ever known such energy amongst a, a, an ownership group before a big race. They they were they were wild, and this was before the horse had even gone to post.
4: Oh yeah, no, hundred percent. You know, I think the thing that we were really careful to remind people of, especially because these people are also new to racing by and large is that we've already won by arriving. You've got a one in a thousand chance of making it to Kentucky Derby. So we truly meant, like, guys, when we're here, we've already won by by simply being able to start in the race. And, you know, I think that went a long way. Um, and it, it showed on, like you said, in the energy that everybody brought. And so naturally carrying that over to the win was just... I actually watched a reaction video... It was so surreal that I didn't even know how to respond to the win. I mean, other than gratitude, obviously. But I watched these reaction videos that uh, one of our team members put together. That's what made me emotional. It was so cool to watch people in disbelief, in awe, overcome with emotion. I mean, freaking out. Like, you name it, they experienced it. I think that's what really made the Derby win the most exciting for me.
0: Um, Needless to say, the last couple of weeks have been a whirlwind. Now you have to refocus, get to Baltimore... How big How big a, a Commonwealth contingent are you expecting outside the Commonwealth of Kentucky? We have almost 80 people
4: coming. Um, we're going to take over most of the turf terrace area. I'm, I'm actually in the middle of kind of coordinating and planning all this right now. So we're expecting a big, very energetic group.
0: <laughs> You've obviously looked at the race now. The opposition has been thinning out, but there's, there's some fresh horses here and some fresh, talented horses. How how would you rate the task ahead of mage now relative to the difficulty of the kentucky derby
4: well look it's it's a different race you know just in general um it's still you know sometimes i think people i, I think it's a bit of a mistake thinking of the preakness i've listened to people at times kind of liken it to a sprint i'm like it's a mile and three sixteenths M- most horses haven't gone that distance our horse came out of the derby we think better than he came out of florida derby um gustavo has just done such an amazing job putting a foundation on a horse you know being brought up, you know, in kind of the the old school of Venezuela, where trainers frequently run horses mile and a quarter, mile and a half, I think you put an amazing foundation on the horse. It's of course going to be difficult. Um, you know, people can say it's it's a light preakness and what well, you know what have you. The fact remains, it is the preakness and it's a graded stakes race, and they're sending out horses, and horses want to win, um, or their connections want to win. So, I think it's going to be a difficult race, but. I, I think it's Mage's race to lose. Just by the way that he's acting, the way he's training, he seems to love the track surface. Sorry, Nick.
0: You're all right. You're in. You're in Baltimore, right?
4: We're not in Baltimore yet. It sounds like we are, but <laughs> no. I, I think I think the horse is going to is really set up to run a big race. If you look at his thorough graph pattern, he got a zero in the Kentucky Derby. Um, all he's done is, is progress. Gustavo's expecting a big run. You know, I think he's the speed of the race. And in fairness, everybody's seen the horse kind of come from behind. I think he's a very versatile horse. And so I'm excited to see what he has to do um, or has to say about Preakness. I I think it's going to be fun.
0: And Chase, finally, to to what extent, and I don't want to end this on a low note, but to what extent are you cognizant of the fact that this is a a genuine feel-good story, which is at right angles to, to the rest of the narrative surrounding horse racing at the moment?
4: Yeah, you know... Look, we all have work to do in horse racing. Um, I don't think that the work will ever be done. Um, I think one thing that I'm proud of is I'm proud that our team has put our horse first. Uh, And that's not a dig at anybody else that anybody hasn't or what anybody else has done. But, you know, we received a lot of pressure to declare preakness immediately. And Gustavo was unwilling. Um, Our whole team was unwilling. We said, we'll let Mage tell us. Um, And, you know, I I think we're racing maybe as the greatest, you know, strides to make is... Uh, is 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 in maybe latching onto this idea that that we need to keep our side of the street clean, um, and if if people maybe would spend a little bit more energy doing that, uh, maybe it could be better for for racing as a whole. Um, and again, I, I I think subscribing simple solutions to complex problems never works very well. Um, but you know, one thing that I can say for certain is that Gustavo and team have put Mage first. Um, and I think a lot of people do. And I think, you know, the beautiful thing about groups like ours is that we're getting all these people that otherwise would have sat on the sidelines and maybe read these headlines that are certainly damning or, or at least disheartening. They understand, they can read between the lines and understand, wow, you know, I actually know how much energy and passion and commitment goes into these horses. Um, and I think that makes all the difference. The closer you can get somebody to the sport, um, the more they can start to sift through the nuance and give racing the benefit of the doubt. And then it's, you know, it's on the rest of us to make sure that we hold each other accountable and that we, you know, we, we start to take, uh, take things to a better place.
1: Bob Baffert will have his first runner in a Triple Crown race since Medina spirit was disqualified from the 2021 Kentucky Derby in the shape of national treasure. He was third in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile and fourth on his most recent outing in the Santa Anita Derby. And when Nick put a call into Bob earlier, this is what he had to say about how he's been training. Uh, he's trained well.
5: He shipped well, and uh, coming up for this race, it looks like he, uh, you know, he's been doing everything right. He's, we've always been high on him, but uh, you know, it's. I, I think he should like the distance. He's always been running at the end of his races, but. Uh, He's a horse that just, um, you know, he never runs a bad race, but he's just, you know, he's right there close.
0: And you're notwithstanding all the victories you've had in, in, in all other races and two triple crowns. The Preakness is a race that has been particularly kind to you that you've, you've had a particularly good record in. You've won it seven times. What is it about the demands of this race? You think that, that have been, that have been particularly suited to the way you do things?
5: Well, I, I, I won it with the best horses and, uh, and, uh, you know, they'd won the Derby. And and so uh, and one of them had lost the Derby. But the uh, two of them had lost the Derby, but they were favorites, heavy favorites in the Derby Then should have won. They just didn't get the trip. So I always thought, I've, I've always wanted with the best horse. This year, you know, I'm, I'm coming in. I, I would, couldn't say he's the best horse, but he fits right there with him. So he's going to need some luck. I think the Derby winner is going to be tough to beat. And so, uh, and that's what the, you know, the preakness is all about. People are going to. They're here to, to, to watch the Derby, the Derby winner, because he's, he's like the new celebrity horse of horse racing, and that's what makes the Preakness so great.
0: I, I'd, I'd be interested to know your opinion on 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 why you think it's going on that Triple Crown Trail, even, even if you haven't won the Derby, has become a little bit unfashionable. If you go back 10 years, there would maybe be six or seven horses who come out of the Derby running the Preakness anyway. Um, you, you were always happy to roll the dice, win, lose, or draw. Why do you think that's not the case so much anymore?
5: Well, I think, you know, back in the day, I mean, you know, Secretariat, They uh, there was only like five or six in there. I, I think a lot of people, they feel if they can't win, they don't want to come here, they'll wait for the Belmont. But uh, I, I think, they, you know, a lot of people have a lot of respect for Mage, and that's the reason. You know, if they have a lot of respect for some of the horses, they don't
0: come here. And are they right, do you think? Well, I mean, you, you've you handled two Triple Crown winners. You've handled an awful lot of Classic winners. When you look at Mace, do you think, mm, yeah, he, he could be another one of those. He could be another, you know, real, real great. Or do you think, no, I, I've got a shot to beat him?
5: Well, I mean, you you don't know until you run him and you'll we'll know at the eighth ball, you know, what, what, how, you know, how he's running and how he can handle the comeback in two weeks. And uh, I actually just saw him for the first time i saw him last year as a two-year-old and i passed on because i thought he was a little small on the small side but uh but he's you know he's a he's a race horse and he's good he's a horse to beat and um it's it's still going to be a a fantastic race because people come out here to have fun and see the derby winner that's what it's all about so uh i respect the horse i think uh coming off the derby he's got an edge on us he's got a mile and a quarter he's shortening up, so Fitness level. My horse has not run since the Santa Anita Derby, so he doesn't have that recency. But you know, you're just you're just hoping you know that your horse fits in there and you maybe win it all. So uh, that's the way we look at it.
0: You uh, you got the blinkers on again. You're in stall one. Um, you're in gate one. Sorry. I, I I you don't have to be Sherlock Holmes to work out how you're going to play this race. You're going to go and blast, aren't you?
5: Yeah, he hasn't really. You know, he, he's not a real. Doesn't really leave there running. You know, he's he's been not a real great gate horse he leaves decent he has to ask him but uh you know drawing the one hole you're sort of for it forces your hand a little bit he'll put him in a position where he'll get him running and decide what's well, who's what's happening then but i leave it up to johnny you know he's a horse that he can, he's more of a stalker could be on the lead or could stalk but uh there's only seven horses in there so um uh, When when we have a short field like that, you you get in a lot of trouble because everybody's watching everybody.
0: Bob, this is your first foray into into Triple Crown since the disqualification of of Medina Spirit. How do you see the sport as a whole now relative to before? And more specifically, how do you see your your place within it?
5: (laughs) I think the sport. I, I, I think the sport is doing well. I mean, every time you look up, there's handle records and everything else, and it's uh, uh, it's like any sport. It has its ups and downs. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have a great uh, PR. I uh, know uh, uh, if there's a little backlash, there's nobody to push back, and so uh, that hurts us. But uh, all in all, I think uh, you know you see the horses are bringing more money. I mean, there's a lot of excitement.
0: And do you do you still feel the same enthusiasm for for the whole task as as you did before Medina Spirit and and do you do you come here with the same with the same zest for the for the sport as you as you once did?
5: Well, I I think you're only as good as the kind of horse you bring up here. You know, I think I've I've got some really good horses that didn't make it up here that had some setbacks. I would love to have been here with them. You know, horses like Arabian Night, Cave Rock. Uh, but, uh, we've, you know, we've got, uh, this horse national treasure. I think he's a nice horse and, you know, he's doing well.
0: And Bob, after all the, after all the talk, after all the scrutiny, after, after everything that's been said and done over the last months and, and years, is there any, is there any part of you now that approaches this Preakness feeling that. You, you want to prove a, a, a point to the, the sport and the, and the wider public? I don't
5: think I have a point to prove. I mean, it's like asking Tom Brady, thinking, how many more touchdowns does he need? I, I, I do it because I enjoy it. I love the competition. I love competing at this level. You know, All my clients that I have, they like to compete at this level. And so it's, these races are fun.
1: The national hunt scene may well have quietened down over here and in Ireland, but this weekend on Saturday and Sunday, France hosts their biggest jumps meeting of the year at O'Toy. It's a meeting that has been well supported by the Irish trainers more so than the British over the last few years. And to look ahead to the meeting, Georges de Gallo's Adrian Cunhas spoke to Nick this morning and highlighted the race that excites him most.
6: Well, I think it's 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 on, on the French Gold Cup, uh, which is known in French as the Grand steeple Chase de Paris. The race is really really open, and the, the all marvelous champion, Doctor de Ballon, two-time winner. I never saw such a fast chaser in my inter- entire life. Is retired because he was he has wasn't sound these days. So the race is is really is really open. And uh, it's really exciting because you have horses from Czech Republic, of course, a lot of French guys, but also uh, um, uh, English guys like Nick Litmoden, uh, which is training in France now. You also have, of course, a couple of Malins. So it's 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 really uh, interesting. And the favorite, I would say, for for French experts and punters, is a horse called GX. He's trained he's trained in France, but he's wearing English colours from the very well-known Lord Daresbury I'm sure I'm sure many of of the uh, of your audience know Lord Daresbury and this one is a, is a failed pinocchio because they, they were they were trying to sell him at the sales probably five or six years ago they couldn't and finally they have the favourite for the for the French Gold Cup so he's really have a perfect preparation um, he's trained by a very wise man Mr. Emmanuel Cayot for once, he's been he's been lucky enough to have a horse that was not for sale once he has shown quality, because a lot of his good horses are now trained in Ireland or England. So maybe this time Jex will will bring him and will play the victory in this marvelous race. And he bred by uh, the Cypre family, that you know they are very well known for having bred champions like The Fellow and, and Al Capone so but um, a lot of storytelling about around this horse
0: OK what about the the hurdle race the Grand Day? What, what can we expect there?
6: So uh, honestly it's going to be very exciting because I think there is one very good French horse Telem which is bred by the Australian sprinter Sidestep which is and uh not likely to see them over the jumps, but anyway this one can jump. And there are so many Mullins in this race from Emmett Mullins, Willie Mullins, very good horses like Classical Dream, uh Forlonge, One Couleur, um Gavin Cromwell sending Florin Porter. Uh, Sophie Leach is sending Lucky One Uh, uh, Mr. Shark Handlon is sending A week so I I think it's going to be probably Irish 1-3 and maybe one French on the first five but this one could really be uh, an Irish race
1: A little bit of everything for you there this week The podcast will be back as usual on Monday morning Thank you very much for listening Enjoy the weekend